Welcome to the Athletes Mindset Academy podcast, where we help gymnastics coaches and parents develop happy, healthy athletes who know how to win. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, this is Amy. I have a special guest with us today. Her name is Joni Swedland. Now here's the thing really quick. We've had a little bit of glitching with our internet as a apparently a lot of people are having, um, which makes sense. We have so many more cool things happening online these days, but I don't want to miss this opportunity for you to hear this incredible woman give us some of her insights, her inspiration, her story, what she's doing now to impact the world. So Joni Swedland, she's the owner of the Interrock Group. She That is outside of Washington, D.C., just right outside of that. She's got an organization. This Interrock Group is, is for... Um, mostly young women and, and girls that inspire and empower these girls and young women to um, become leaders, step into their leadership roles and increase their resiliency. Is that right, Joni? That's absolutely right. Okay. I want you just to tell us everything. You said you were a single mom of two girls. You grew up in a small town in Kansas and then have led this huge life. So tell it to us all. And then I'm just going to fill in blanks. I want these athletes and people listening to learn how some things start small and you just take little steps and eventually, sorry about the dog barking in the background, <laughs> eventually little, little, little steps lead to huge outcomes. And that's what I want to hear. Go ahead and tell me. Okay. Well, great. Well, Amy, first of all, thank you for having me on your show today. It's so great to be here with you and your audience. Um, so uh, as you mentioned, I grew up in a very small town called Coffeeville, Kansas. And um, I was practically raised by my grandparents and it was just a really great place to grow up and grow some deep roots. Um, but then from there, I had big dreams and the place where I launched my career was actually Tokyo, Japan. And um, that was just such an exciting experience, but I was really going there to learn what I could to bring back to America because I really wanted to help um, America uh, continue to be um, growing and those types of things. So um, I was really attracted at that point in time to serving others and how I felt I could do that through corporate America was through consulting, um, because that is all a focus on um, your clients and really helping them with their toughest issues and problems and really figuring out creative solutions. Plus, the people that I found in the consulting industry were very um, driven. They were um, driven to learn and grow, and I felt very attracted to that in my personal life as well, because I didn't want to just earn a paycheck. I really wanted to stretch myself and grow and um, learn as much as I could. So um, I came to the Washington DC area. From there, I was traveling to New York City almost every week. Um, and through the 22 years that I was with uh, Deloitte Consulting, and I was 18 years as a partner with them, um, I had incredible opportunities, um, including being an expat again in Tokyo, Japan. It also included the ability to go and build a practice from the ground up in the federal government. And that was a time when I really knew nothing about how to do business with the federal government, but it was really you know, what I had remembered from my eighth grade civics class but it was, a, it was something that I saw as a vision that would be something really possible and a really great um, adventure to embark on. And boy, was it, um, that ended up being uh, an incredible growth opportunity where I was not only able 
relationship by relationship and building clients, the building a team and together we moved mountains. We were there during the whole financial crisis, um, helping the regulators when all the banks were being shut down, things like that. So it was an incredible experience um, and an incredible um, time in that period in, in our history. One of the things that I love, because I've only heard a brief part of this story, we've only talked for a few moments before, you know, before we actually talk now. I, uh, I love the idea that when you come from a small town in Kansas, raised by loving grandparents, you loved having your roots there, you had no idea of these things that you were going to become and do later. You just, we think we know what our future looks like and we want to dream big, but even if as athletes too, and as coaches who have these desires to win these champs, even if you have these huge goals, the path there isn't going to look the same for anybody, but there may com be completely like in Tokyo instead of in the U.S., right? Absolutely. And you know what was interesting was um, when I was leaving for college, um, I remember, and, and this is something that everyone should be aware of, that um, sometimes there are people in your life who may love you dearly, but what may say something to you that leaves an imprint. And that actually happened with me, that when I actually told my mom I wanted to go and study Japanese, she said, oh, Joni, you're not smart enough. You can't learn Japanese. She's like, you're just gonna pull down your GPA. And you know, at that point, it kind of made me a little bit like, well, there's no evidence of that. I'm doing well in school. So I, that was the first class I signed up for when I went to college. I just listened to my intuition. And you know, if you ask my mom today, she probably doesn't even remember that conversation. But the reason I bring it up is, you know, stick to your dreams. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise, because if it's a real passion in you and you keep the focus on it, it's going to happen. And it may lead you, like you said, to places that you can't even imagine. Well, and you don't know who you're going to meet that opens a door because of your gratitude, because of your kindness, because of your desire to grow. But I think you brought that up because I I keep thinking of this scenario where I was sitting with a young woman and she was struggling with a team that she's on and her, she and her mom were telling me about how she was having a hard time. And I said, what do you want? And she said, I want to compete for this team in college. And her mom immediately said, oh, we're trying not to get her hopes up. Like, you know, she's kind of shorter than the rest. So she immediately downplayed and she doesn't want her daughter to feel bad if she doesn't reach that dream. So it's exactly what you said. You're not smart enough. You'll pull your GPA down when, you're, when you have this dream. Be very, very, like you said, careful when even those you love are just trying to protect you. Now, it's not a judgment. They just are afraid that you might be disappointed. Exactly. Right? And, and recognizing that that story isn't true. And it's and not that, your story. It's not your story. And once it's so empowering, once you can recognize that. Yes. And once you, the fact that the first class you signed up for was Japanese, it excites me because it's not about the GPA. It's no. not even about the sport. It's not about Japan or, or any of it. It's about you recognizing your power inside of you. And when somebody says, we don't want you to get emotionally hurt by trying something big, they're just saying, we're afraid of feeling bad ourselves. That has yeah. nothing to do with you. 
Exactly, exactly. And that is what is so empowering because there's something that I've also learned through this career that's related, which is be aware of others' projections. Because, um, and I'll tell you, you remember that show Nickelodeon where like that green slime comes down on, on the person? Okay. Yeah. That is how a projection feels when someone is more there. It's, it's all about them. It's not about you, but they project their insecurities and what you were just describing onto you. And it feels like that Nickelodeon slime. It does not feel good. But when you recognize this is their stuff and not your stuff, it is really empowering and it allows you to move forward and pursue your passion. I think one of the things I love about this whole idea of you went from something tiny to something huge and the idea of something in a small town, you didn't have evidence that you could speak Japanese. You probably didn't even have Japanese offered in your school in small town Kansas, which is probably why you waited till college to even take a class, right? Exactly. You had no evidence that, like you said, that it would pull down your GPA. You also had no evidence that you'd be able to pick up on such a hard language. What I love is when somebody kind of offers you their slime, I love thinking that they're afraid of something. And when I react to that slime, then I'm taking on a fear that I don't even know what it is. We, we react to people's fear, but we don't even know what we're reacting to. We don't even know what the fear is that they're reflecting on us, that they're pouring on us. We have no idea what we're, all of a sudden we're afraid of something, but we don't know what, which is why you said it feels icky because we can't even identify what it is that we've just taken on. That's exactly right, Amy. And you know what is really, what is so cool is that each of us were born with a life purpose. Each one of us, and it's unique, each one of us has a big dream inside of us. And it doesn't matter like when you discover it, you could discover that early in your life. It could be any point in your life. I think of like um, the story of Moses. I mean, oh my gosh, he didn't get his life purpose till he was 80, you know, and boy, he did it great, right? So, you know, it's, it's never too late to mm-hmm. really, you know, start to dig in and understand your life purpose. Mm-hmm. And um, I recently read this great book that I highly recommend to people. It's called The Passion Test. Um, it's by uh, Janet Bray Atwood and Chris Atwood. And they ask one key question and it really gets to unlocking your life purpose, which is called, my life is ideal when I'm blank. And you fill it in with a verb and whatever it is that's going to bring you joy and love in your life. And then you write it down like 10 or 15 times, whatever comes to your mind, and then you can start to prioritize. But one thing that um, I had worked with an executive coach during my career, and what they told me is where you focus is what you get. And once you get clear on what it is that you really want in your life Mm -hmm. and you start to bring all your focus and it's your passion, it's your true passion. It's amazing things will happen. It doesn't matter if you come from the smallest town in Kansas or if you grew up in a large city like New York City, it doesn't matter. Um, it's, It's really enlightening and it's available to everyone. Yes. And I also love the idea that you said everybody has a dream inside of them. But what I, what I hesitate with with that is sometimes we get hung up on the idea that this is apparently I'm good at this. So this must be my dream. And that's, we get hung up on the idea that just because I'm talented in this one thing, especially with athletics, just because you're good at this one thing when you're five and you're good at it when you're 15 and everybody's telling you how good it is, that doesn't mean that's your passion. That just means you're good at it, but we can be good at a billion things. Okay. 
just right. because just because you can do something and you're really good at it doesn't mean you should do that. Yeah. So that's why it's really worth the time spending time with yourself and going inward and really trying to discover what those true passions are because you might be surprised at what comes out. Well, and you might be surprised that your passion is actually the sport. You just lost the passion in the idea that you were playing for everybody else. But the thing that you are really good at, you actually might reignite the fire of that thing when you find that, hey, if this was stripped from me, then I, then I would really miss it. Exactly. Right? It's interesting because exactly. you don't know what the passion is until you spend time inside of you and you stop listening to people tell you what you can and can't do. Just because they say you can be a, a great person at serving water doesn't mean you want to serve water your whole life, right? That's exactly right. And the other thing to be aware of as you are going through that self-exploration mm -hmm. is the inner critic. Because, oh my gosh, I don't know about you, but sometimes I've got that little voice inside. And did you ever see that movie, Mean Girls? I don't know if you ever saw that. But okay, so this, uh, very quickly, it's about a girl who grew up in Africa, had never been in society, and then she enters a high school in the United States. And so as you can imagine, the culture shock coming into the high school, but then there was a group of girls that kind of run the school, and they're mean girls, and they're called the plastics. But the head of the plastics, <laughs> the plastics, okay. so the, the head of the plastics is Regina George. And she is the meanest of them all. That is your inner critic. Mm. And so learning when you hear that voice mm -hmm. to bring your inner coach to go meet your Regina George. Mm -hmm. Because when you do, mm -hmm. then it can really start to question what's real. Is that mm -hmm. really real? Because that voice sometimes takes over in your head and it is not real. But it's there to be an early warning system mm -hmm. to when you're on to something important. Well, and isn't it interesting that you said, I have this sometimes probably like you. I'm like, I have it all the time. What do you mean sometimes? <laughs> because because we have, it's always there, but it's, if that's taking over, then you're not listening to your truth. And if you can override, like you're saying, with who you are and who you really can be and who you want to be, and you override Regina, it's not that you're overriding her because you hate her. It's you're not becoming the mean girl. What you're doing is you're saying, let's have a committee meeting with me with my future me and with the one that wants to live in my past. Yeah. I am not my past. Regina is my past. I have this future that's unlimited that nobody can tell me what my future is because that's my property. And then there's me. Let's just have a committee meeting with the three of us and remind ourselves of, oh yeah, that's true. There could be some failure and I could become something amazing with knowing that, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And Amy, the, the thing I will say is, be kind to ourselves yes. because the more we can practice that self-kindness with ourselves, you'll be surprised because then you're going to automatically be kind to others. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing. And the kinder we are to ourselves, we attract so much of that into our life. Well, and I love, like you said, the mean girls, we don't want to be a mean girl to ourselves. Like you're saying, be kind to yourself because if the lower brain, if that outside, that little inner critic if you don't like that inner critic, then you're becoming a bigger critic, right? Yeah. yeah. So love that person who's trying to keep you safe and realize that that person is just misguided and then be kind. Now, how has kindness helped you and gratitude helped you in your road from the small Kansas to Tokyo, to Washington, to New York, to everywhere? Tell me how that's helped you. Well, I will tell you, it has made... A, a, 
gratitude and kindness has been everything in my life. Um, because what I have noticed is the more I am kind to myself, mm -hmm. do things like self-care, basic things like making sure I get enough sleep, that I'm drinking water, that I'm eating a healthy diet, that I'm getting some exercise, that I take time to meditate, you know, those little things that that's all being kind to yourself. And what I've noticed is that's really made my body feel good, um, you know, on a daily basis. And that gives me more energy. That gives me more energy to be a great mom to my kids. It gives me more energy with my clients. Um, and so that's just one way I think it's really manifested in my life. I think with gratitude, I, I, I can't go through a day without saying thank you and being grateful. Um, I'm going to share a little story that actually this was a, um, a moment when it wouldn't, I necessarily wasn't feeling the most grateful, but I made sure that I was grateful in that moment. Um, this was a tough moment in my career where um, I had uh, an individual that was not so kind um, to others and happened to be an important leader. And um, he took pleasure in kind of giving harsh feedback to people. And he pulled me at a time when I wasn't prepared and gave me some feedback that was really, um, not kind, quite honestly. And, but it was in that moment when I just heard this little voice that just said, God is moving the chess pieces. And at that moment, I just was grateful because even though this was really a hard moment for me to, to live through in that moment, it gave me strength. And then later I was able to go to my hotel room at the time. And, you know, I was talking to God and I was like, you know, this was really hard, but I'm so grateful because I know it's for my soul growth. And I did that through tears, but I was honest about it. And even though it didn't feel as grateful, I knew at that moment, had that not happened, that actually, that moment prepared me for what was coming. Mm -hmm. It prepared me to, you know, be willing to leave when I needed to leave my company at Deloitte that I love so much, but it prepared me for that moment um, to do that. A pivotal moment in the obstacle, which I think is beautiful because that's what the next thing I was gonna ask you is, it wasn't easy to just decide that from a small town to this big, every, that's huge, those are big changes. And when there's change, there are, well, I, I believe there's always obstacles. Sometimes we see them, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we embrace them, sometimes we don't. But the, the, sometimes they just feel bigger when you're trying something that you've never tried before, that you don't have evidence for. So I love that you just gave us an obstacle moment that was a pivotal moment for you to be able to maybe let go and change things later on because you were able to accept the person. We think of coaches who are really harsh and hard. We think of teammates who find pleasure in, in being unkind and being mean. But those are part of the, the growth that is part of the process of being somebody who goes from Kansas to Tokyo to New York and creates huge programs. And you were able to, you had told me at one point, you were able to serve so much more during the financial crisis because of these big things you were willing to do before. So yeah. the obstacles, I'm sure, were many. And they are. And you know what is so great about the obstacles and challenges is now when they come, even though you're uncomfortable in the moment, embrace them because that they are there for your benefit. And, and when you can start to look at those and say, okay, what is the lesson in this for me? Mm -hmm. There is always a lesson in there. And if you can figure out what that lesson is for you, 
your soul growth and your ability to become more resilient and to be able to see more opportunity in that moment, it's so empowering. And it really does prepare you for that next chapter or that next moment in your life. And that's how I believe that's a beautiful thing that the universe does for us, um, even though the, it may be unpleasant as you're going through the moment. Well, the thing is, I, I think the thing that's interesting is that we get surprised when it's unpleasant instead of expecting it. If we're going to not sit down on the couch and watch TV all day, then we've got to expect some discomfort, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So surprise, and that's, that's the surprising part to me. At, these, at this point in my life, I look back and go, oh, I should have just been expecting these things instead of like wishing they weren't there. Well, of course, it's going to get harder if I'm willing to put myself out there more. And you had a lot. One thing I wanted to talk just briefly on is you've had loss in your life. Yes, I have. And athletes, athletes feel loss often where they miss a shot, where they miss a game, where they miss a level, where they get injury, where they don't get that scholarship, scholarship where they have to retire early or they retire at the right time, but they feel this loss because that's their self-identity. There's always some sense of closure and ending that they didn't want to have end. And we all experience loss and you've had loss. And tell us a little bit about that. Yes, oh, you're bringing up something so beautiful because there's two lessons in this for me and it all relates to resilience. One is the ability to bounce back and athletes know this better than anybody. In fact, I mention athletes in my training all the time because of their ability to quickly get that ball when it goes out of play and get that ball back into play because they know that they have another chance to score quickly. And the quicker you can recover, the quicker you have an opportunity to score. And that's life around this as well. But another piece of this is believing in something that's bigger than you. Yeah. And this is really important. Um, I did share with you that uh, a, a little, uh, some, been almost two years ago now that um, my girl's father passed away unexpectedly in the middle of the night. He was young and he had a heart attack. There was just nothing that could be done. And um, unfortunately, my girls found him, but they did all the right things, calling 911, calling me. As you can imagine, this was um, an incredible loss. This is really what led me to make that decision to retire early and start my own business. But at the same time, that day, that very same day, um, when uh, I was able to get my girls, we were coming back home. When we were walking up to the house, there was the largest, most beautiful monarch butterfly that we had never seen before on one of our flowers. And their father loved monarch butterflies. In fact, he had just bought a new painting of a huge monarch butterfly. And um, it was his soul. It was his spirit. And I knew it in my heart. And I, <laughs> I, yeah, I told the girls and that butterfly, it would fly around the girls, it would fly around me and then land back on the flower. And it stayed the rest of the afternoon. I mean, we would kept coming back outside and the butterfly was there. It just wouldn't leave. And when we are open mm -hmm. to believing that, you know, there are things that are bigger than us, whether it is the universe, universal love, whatever that is, um, it really helps you to keep trust and faith that all is well. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you brought up butterflies. I love the idea that when we see a butterfly, we don't go smash the butterfly. We watch them with fascination and we appreciate them and they're so innocent. And it reminds me of my emotions. When you see a butterfly, you just love it. When you have pain, you just love it. 
and you let it sit there for as long as it wants to sit there. And the longer you let it linger and you just, and not hate the pain, the easier it comes through and just processes through you. And the more you love the whole experience, right? I love that. And, you know, it's interesting because I just had a conversation the other night with my daughter and, um, you know, unfortunately their grandfather, my dad has terminal cancer and he's, he's getting towards the end. It's just one of those, it's part of the cycle of life. And my daughter said, mom, I don't, I I know it's going to be tough if you have to leave. And I just, I don't want to see you sad. And we talked about it and I said, you know what? There's a tenderness in the sadness. Mm -hmm. And it's important that we feel those emotions, that we can feel sad and cry and express that because it's so healthy for us. And um, I don't know if you remember the movie Inside Out, but I think one of the movies. I love movies. Are you kidding? I I love movie quotes. I love movies. So, but I've heard of it. I haven't watched it. (laughs) It's a beautiful one to talk about emotions. And, you know, it's so interesting because one of the things we learned is that it's important for sadness because Mm. if we don't have the sadness, how can we appreciate the joy? Right. And so it's such a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. And I do believe that the purpose of pain is to give us a reference to feel deeper joy. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I love that. And there's always every step, even when you're excited about the next thing, there's going to be some expected emotional pain along the way. Otherwise, you're either going to hesitate, you're going to wish it was different, you're going to quit anything, you're going to procrastinate. If you don't expect there to be pain and pain is like you said, a beautiful process to feel the joy. Every level going from beginner from little Kansas to Tokyo to taking your first class of Japanese to Tokyo to everywhere. That is just in my mind, like going from an amateur to a pro. It is all about learning how to embrace the emotional discomfort and loving it all along the way because there's no other way. Absolutely. We are meant to enjoy our lives, all of it, embracing and embracing all of us. So our flaws as humans, we are messy. We're beautiful. We're all of these things. And that's what makes us human. And honestly, when you don't hide that part of yourself, when you're open and you're vulnerable, that's when people feel like they can really connect with you. And that's when the relationships in your life become really meaningful because you'll find that your friendships are deeper, your um, loved ones, that love connection is deeper. And it's just so great just to be that authentic, beautiful, imperfect you. Well, and your, your relationship with you deepens. So then you can, when you're, not, when you're okay with not being um, perfect, when you're okay, like you said, with feeling sad, then all of a sudden you're more in integrity with yourself. You're more authentic with yourself. So you can be more authentic with other people, which does attract other people to you. And the relationship, I think, like you're saying, is, is you learn how to trust yourself to do something hard. And in sports and in life and with young women especially, we have ideas and social um, cultures and things that make us want to play small. And when we don't feel like we're worthy and we don't feel like we're enough and when we feel like, you know what, let's not, let's not believe in that dream because we don't want you to be sad when you don't reach it. When you believe those kind of messages, then you miss out on life. And then we get athletes that play like robots and they win, but they feel nothing, right? Yes, absolutely. You know, there's a, there's a crazy story that I can share with you that... Um, <laughs> 
I had, I had been at a fundraiser and I ended up winning this experience that was, I'm a huge country music fan. And so I won this experience to take with my best friend to take her to the country music awards. This is a few years ago. And, and they had kind of advertised it that you're going to be able to see the red carpet, which was not really included, but we had actually planned for the red carpet. I had visualized it for months. I bought the dress. I bought the shoes. We, I made sure we had our hair done, the makeup done. I, I even went all out and got us this, the last stretch limo available in Nashville. It was crazy. So I'm like, once I found it out, you know, I was a little disappointed, but I'm like, you know what? It is going to be a great experience. We have been thinking and dreaming about this. Let's just go and have a ball. Would you believe when we were done with our last appointment, getting our makeup done, I had a friend walk in from Washington, D.C. in Nashville with her best friend who happened to work for the network news. And she said, listen, we're running late. Can you use our red carpet tickets? I'm not kidding you. Yes, I know. So here it is. We're going now to the red carpet, which we weren't even really supposed to. But this is the power of positive thinking. And it even, it even got better. When we got there, there was confusion. The woman who was driving the limo didn't know where to drop us off. There was a place to drop off the people like with the news or mm -hmm. the summer entrance. She said, who's in your car? She said, well, Joni. They thought it was Joni Mitchell. So we <laughs> named after. So we, they took us all the way to the star entrance. So literally, oh my goodness. get out of the car. This beautiful Marine is like helping me out. The crowd is like yelling. I just went with it. I just waved. I gave a little wave. Hello. <laughs> Blew them a kiss. And then went around. I'm like, and my best friend's like, what's happening? I'm like, just roll with it. And we ended up getting, I got a handler. They walked us down the red carpet. We had paparazzi shots. We just were like, what's happening? What's happening? Right. <laughs> is the universe. When it's a true passion in your heart. Mm -hmm and you keep positive and you think positive mm -hmm. and you visualize what you want to have happen in your life yes. it doesn't matter if you come from a small town you may end up on the red carpet unexpectedly you know who knew that was going to happen but it was a fun experience mm -hmm. and the doors literally opened for you they did <laughs> I love it. I love it. Joni, thank you so much for sharing so much. Do you want to leave us with, and I actually want, want you to repeat that sentence from the book that we could fill in, um, oh, yes, but repeat that. If you have anything else you want to leave with us, uh, I would love to, to hear any last tips. Sure. Um, well, I would say, first of all, your voice matters. Um, so please, you know, get yourself out in the world. Whatever your gift is, it is unique to you. You're the only one that has that. So please just take a step, even if it's a small one, because that will build your confidence, but people want to hear your voice and they want to learn from you. And, you know, that is just such a great opportunity, I think for each of us, but then for your, to find your passion, answer this question. <laughs> when my life is ideal, I'm blank. Yes. And start it with a verb and then fill it with your heart's desire. Yeah. What would make your life ideal? Yeah. I love that. Joni, thank you so much. If, if people want to reach out to you, tell us where they can find you. You have Absolutely. So, many, so many things to share. Absolutely. So um, my website is www dot innerrock.com. You can also find Inner Rock or myself, Joni Sweetland, on Instagram, on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. 
Um, I'm happy and delighted to hear from you. Um, we're doing all kinds of fun summer camps. And in fact, one of my co-facilitators um, was a pro basketball player. So I'm super excited. She's going to be, you know, bringing all the leading learning or the learning leadership <laughs> from, say that three times fast, <laughs> from yeah. the game. And I'm going to be bringing the corporate learning. So I think it's going to be super fun. But um, feel free to reach out. Um, I also have a new book that's coming out. So you, huh? tell us. It's a children's book. It's called Tutelina. It's going to be available at the end of the, the month. It's about a female dog who toots in the most inconvenient places. And it's all about self-acceptance and to not live your life in fear. And so um, it's really funny, but it's, it's for little kids. But anyway, we're super excited. My girls helped me with it. And um, this is our dream just to get it out there to the world. I just love that. Anything that reminds you that fear is not to be feared is so good for all of us, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, Joni, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you, Amy. And thank you to all your listeners. This was super fun. That's so fun. All right. Thanks for tuning in. We believe that you've got this, but we would love to help you in your athletic journey. We know you need to get maximum results in the shortest time possible. So we've created a program with short, effective lessons and coaching that you can fit between practice and the rest of life. We coach parents, coaches, and athletes in the mental and emotional health tools they need to create an environment for athletes to thrive. Invest in the one thing that will have the greatest impact on your success, your mind. Check us out at athletesmindsetacademy.com. Let's do this.